When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the College Hoops Daily Podcast presented by Betfred Sports. I'm your host. My name is Zach Kroll, and this is the show where we talk all things college basketball. From now until the end of the Final Four, the road will end there in Atlanta, and we have another show for you guys leading into another voted weekend of college basketball. We've been hinting at it a little bit on the show over the course of the last few weeks, but the NFL season is just about over. One more game on Sunday with the Super Bowl, and then all of the focus will be on college basketball leading up to March Madness. And we have a great weekend. We're going to get into some of the games I'm looking forward to the most. But to start this show, I do have a couple things I wanted to react to from last night. And the number one story for me was Ohio State losing their fifth game in a row. They have now lost nine out of their last 10 games and stand with an overall record of 11 and 13 on the season. They are now 13th place in the Big Ten. The only team behind them in their league is Minnesota, a Golden Gopher team that has really been struggling and has been towards the bottom of the Big Ten for the entire season. And I think with Ohio State, the thing that makes their season and everything that's gone on so crazy is that the Buckeyes not only have a coach that has made the NCAA tournament multiple times, a coach that I, you know, I'm a big fan of Chris Holtman. I know things have gone really badly so far this season, and we're going to get into it all. But there was one point where Ohio State, they started the season uh, seven and two playing really good basketball. And even during Big Ten play, they didn't start great. They started 0-5, but they had some tough losses, losing to Purdue, losing at Maryland, losing at Rutgers. Uh, And then they had a nice home win against Iowa, but that was literally the last game they've won. Ohio State, as I said, has now lost 10 or nine out of their last 10 games. And I think things came to a culmination last night, losing to Northwestern. And I'll say this, like, by no means is losing to Northwestern a terrible loss. Chris Collins, I think, has done a really good job with this team. It's looking like Northwestern is going to play in the NCAA tournament. They have a really good, I would even say trio, maybe quartet of guards that could really get the job done. Boo Booey, Chase Audish, two guys that have been playing Big Ten basketball for three, four years now. They've been through all the battles. They've been through all the wars. Ty Berry, one of the better shooters In the Big Ten, he only shot one of six from three-point range last night, and Northwestern was still able to get the win. Brooks Barnheiser, that was the guy that really stepped up for Northwestern last night. He finishes with 19 points. He goes four of seven from the three-point line and just hits some absolutely clutch, dagger, cold-blooded shots. And that was a really impressive win for Northwestern. They are a team that have – it's taken me a little bit of time to just be totally sold on them – as an NCAA tournament team, but I'm not going to lie, it's hard not to, and they are going to have a massive, massive opportunity coming up on Sunday afternoon, right before the Super Bowl, when they host the number one ranked team in the country, Purdue, who also, by the way, had a really impressive win last night over Iowa, Zach Eady, Braden Smith. It's funny, I feel like we're all in such a rush to say why we're looking forward to betting against Purdue in the NCAA tournament. And I am part of that, but I will just say this, like even with 
the two freshman guards, and I know that's a concern. I feel much better overall about Purdue this year in terms of their ability to make a deep a deep run in the NCAA tournament than last year's Purdue team, which is crazy considering they had Jaden Ivey, who ended up being a top five pick in the NBA draft, which is crazy because they also had Trevion Williams and uh, Sasha Stefanovic, just a bevy of really good players. But I just think naturally this Purdue team just fits together a little bit better. But anyway, going back to Ohio State. They lose this game, and it's not that losing to Northwestern is a bad loss per se, but when you have already lost home games in Big Ten play to Wisconsin, to uh, Minnesota, to Purdue, like these are the games at home in your own building that you really just need to take care of business. And Ohio State, they also had a loss uh, Sunday on the road to Michigan. They have not won a road game during Big Ten play yet. And a couple of things, right? Chris Holman, he's done a really good job. Since he got to Columbus, if you remember, he actually took over like right before the season was going to start in 2014, 2015 as the Butler head coach. And then he leads Butler to three straight NCAA tournaments from 2015 to 2017. And then he actually gets them all the way to the Sweet 16 in 2017. Chris Holtman had a really successful run at Butler. He goes to Ohio State. He leads them to the NCAA tournament, round of 32 appearance in his first year against Gonzaga. They lost. That was a really good uh, season for Ohio State. The following year, they win another game in the NCAA tournament. They go to the round of 32. And then things started to shift for the downward spiral a little bit. Back in 2021, the COVID year, when Ohio State actually earned a number two seed in the NCAA tournament and ended up losing in just heartbreaking, shocking, stunning fashion to Oral Roberts University. Max Smith, who's still there doing his thing, Kevin O'Banner, who is currently a member of Texas Tech, they beat Ohio State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And that was really, in my opinion, for the first time, Ohio State fans really started to turn on Holtman a little bit. And when you first get to a new job, you have a little bit of a grace period where, okay, the fans might not be expecting much of you considering where the program was before you got there. If you remember in the final years of Ohio State under Thad Mata, it was clear that they were just not the same program. They were in the peak of his powers when he was getting Mike Conley, Greg Oden, even D'Angelo Russell. Ohio State had some really good years under Thad Mata, but the one common theme I remember from that was their fans would be really disappointed when they didn't make the final four. They had very high expectations. It was literally final four or bust. And when you look at Chris Holtman, he started off really good with Ohio State, exceeding expectations. But what what also happens sometimes is when you exceed those expectations, your fans now expect you to be good. That's the standard because there's no doubt when you look at the talent on this Ohio State team, they have Bryce Sensabaugh, who's most likely going to be you know, a lottery pick in the NBA draft, just assuming Zed Key, McNeil, likely Bruce Thornton, like talent is not lacking from this Ohio State team. And to be honest, I'm just shocked how poorly things have gone. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Ohio State also has really relied upon this freshman group of uh, Sensabaugh and Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale and Felix Akpara. I think there are some solid players in there, but this team just doesn't have the chemistry right now. Something just feels a little bit off. And it's going to be interesting to see what Chris Holtman's future at Ohio State looks like because we heard for a while that maybe Notre Dame, considering the fact that Mike Bray is going to be retiring uh, at the end of the season, would that be a possible spot for him? And maybe it is because right now, Chris Holtman, it's clear that the Ohio State's 
fan base, their feeling on him, it's not good right now. And it really wasn't great even before this season occurred. But Ohio State, last year they lose to Villanova in the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament. And I think with that game and, and Ohio State last season, the one thing I will say about Chris Holman is he has caught some tough breaks in terms of players leaving much earlier than expected. It There's nothing more detrimental to a program than having that happen. I'll give you guys an example, right? EJ Waddell, he was one of the better Ohio State players we've seen in recent memory, right? And he had a great career at Ohio State. He actually stayed for three years. So he could have came back for one or two more years having that extra COVID year, but he played so well during his time at Ohio State that he left for the NBA. I don't think Ohio State was necessarily expecting him to leave after only three seasons. Then you have the big one that I think is really hurt this Ohio State program, and that is Malachi Branham. If you remember, Branham was around a top 40 recruit last year, and he came into that Ohio State program and just balled out. It was clear that he was an NBA player, and and it's unfortunate for Ohio State because as poorly as this season has gone, they're in the same situation again with Bryce Sensible. He is no doubt leaving college after this year and is going to be playing in the NBA next season. So if you're Chris Holtman and you can't figure things out with Sensible, that's a problem. And I just felt like last night, it was a last-ditch effort, win or go home for Ohio State. And I know Northwestern is a really good team that's most likely going to be playing in the NCAA tournament, but that's just a game that you have to play better than. I mean, Sensible, he finishes the game with um, only four points. He only played 16 minutes uh, off the bench, which, which is interesting. Uh, Bruce Thornton and Justice Suing were Ohio State's two main contributors. But man, Bryce Sensible. He's only playing 16 minutes last night, scoring four points, shooting one of eight from the field. Something was just not right with him. And I'm going to be curious to see, like, what does his trajectory look like for the remainder of the season? Because there was one point where he was just playing just absolutely phenomenal basketball. And only playing 16 minutes last night is something that is concerning. Ohio State has also had some injury concerns. Zed Key was a guy really important and vital to their success as a big man. He was out for a a couple games, and including uh, in that Purdue game. Ohio State was – think about this, guys. Ohio State was right there with Purdue. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer hit just a cold-blooded dagger three in the final 10 seconds to lift Purdue over the Buckeyes. And I feel like when you're in a spot – where you're just in so many close games, especially when you're playing in this Big Ten Conference, right? The Big Ten Conference, there is no doubt about it. That league is just an absolute grind, and it's not easy to win games. There are just going to be 10, 11 teams playing in the NCAA tournament from that league, and Ohio State has lost close game after close game after close game, and after a while, that just harps on you. You know, there's it feels like there's nothing you could do. It's, it's hard to gain that confidence, and Really, since that Purdue game, if that game just goes in a different direction, maybe we're just having a totally different conversation about this Ohio State team. But unfortunately, that's just not the case right now. And they are not going to be playing in the NCAA tournament, most likely. Again, 11-13 and 13 overall, 1-9 and nine in their last 10 games. And in Big Ten Conference play, they are sitting right now in 13th place. That's second to last. And they have a shocking record in Big Ten play of 3-10. and 10. Ohio State will host Michigan State uh, on Sunday. That's going to be an interesting game because Michigan State, they're a team that's really struggled on the road so far this season. And Ohio State, I thought they were going to be desperate in this game against Northwestern, but... 
they didn't really play like it. Maybe they come out with a little bit more energy against Michigan State. But if you ask me straight up, Zach, is Chris Holtman going to be coaching Ohio State next year? Is he going to get fired? Is another team going to to take him from Ohio State? Is he going to go somewhere else? My answer is no. The feel around this Ohio State program right now is not good. And I couldn't even have imagined a guy that has had some success. Like, I remember having this conversation about Chris Holtman with other people like after last season. And I acknowledge like he wasn't an elite coach. He wasn't one of the better coaches in the country, but ever since his first year at Ohio state, I just always thought he did a really good job with the program, but things just kept getting a little bit worse, a little bit worse. They didn't break through in uh, any of those years. Also, I think it's important to remember uh, the 2020 COVID season that got canceled. The NCAA tournament got wiped out due to them due to the pandemic. I think if Ohio state, uh, is playing in that NCAA tournament, maybe that could have been the year for Holman and his group to go on a run. I mean, the next season with a lot of those same guys, like they earned a number two seed in the NCAA tournament and they lost to Oral Roberts. You know, that's just such a massive blown opportunity. And if you're a Buckeye fan, I feel like that's going to be a real turning point in this Chris Holtman era that you could look back on and say, man, just what if, but we have a really situation, a really interesting situation developing here in Columbus, a program that has had some success. They really at least consistently have made the NCAA tournament over the course of the last few years in the Thad Mata era. But with Chris Holtman, they've been waiting for him to break through. And unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet. I think last night's loss to Northwestern, that was just a loss that it's going to be very hard to recover from, especially when you just repeatedly lose close game after close game after close game during Big Ten play. A couple other results from last night that really stood out to me that I wanted to get to. First of all, Oregon, they had a really impressive and uh, important win over the USC Trojans. Dana Altman's squad has really been struggling of late, but they end up getting the pretty comfortable win over USC. They win it 78-60. to 60. That was behind 17 points from Enfali Dante and 16 points from Will Richardson. And Oregon has now won two games in a row. They went on the road to Arizona State, found a way to beat the Sun Devils on Saturday night, and then they beat USC at home on Thursday, which sets up the biggest game of their season so far when they go and host UCLA, number four, or I'll give you UCLA's exact ranking right now. Oregon will host the number seven ranked UCLA Bruins on Saturday. UCLA had a nice win last night over Oregon State. They've now won three games in a row since their loss to Arizona. But I'm a huge Dana Altman fan. I know that Oregon over the course of this year and all of last year, they have not been the same team, the same program that we saw dating back to the peak years of Altman when he had Dylan Brooks and Jordan Bell and Chris Boucher and Tyler Dorsey and Peyton Pritchard. And even two years ago with uh, uh, Eugenio Marui and Will Richardson was on that team, Duarte, like that Oregon team was really good. They uh, ended up beating Luca Garza, ending his college career in Iowa. And that Oregon team also made it to the Sweet 16 that season. But when you look at the Ducks, they are kind of playing their way towards the bubble. They're not there yet. They're going to need to win some games during Pac-12 play. And this is really going to be their last opportunity of the season on Saturday against UCLA to really make a mark because – when you play in a league like the Pac-12, and I even think we spoke a little bit about this when talking about USC and their NCAA tournament hopes, like when you're playing in a league like the Pac-12, it is going to be not particularly easy to collect quality wins because at the end of the day, 
you're not playing a lot of opponents that give you the opportunity to move the needle on your resume. And I think that's really a struggle that teams like Oregon, teams like USC have really ran into. Like if you don't beat uh, Arizona, if you don't beat UCLA, then you could be in trouble. It's not going to be easy for you to be in that position because those wins are just so rare. And if you don't get them, there's not really anything you could do in terms of moving the needle in your conference and Oregon, that was a big win for them last night over USC. And it would be even bigger for them to get the win over UCLA on Saturday. Speaking of other games, I'm looking forward to on Saturday. We have some good ones starting off with the biggest one. In my opinion, this is going to be in the big East. We have number uh, 21 UConn going on the road to take on number 23 Creighton. And it's interesting because UConn and Creighton actually played earlier this season. The uh, Huskies ended up getting the job done. That game was in stores. And the thing that was so impressive about that UConn win was it, it was never really in doubt. They dominated that game from start to finish. But that was when Creighton was not really playing their best basketball. And I think we've seen recently a much different Creighton team uh, compared to what we saw earlier towards the end of the 2022 year. And when you look at Ryan Kalkbrunner, just having him in the lineup is such a difference maker. He's one of the best defensive players in all of college basketball. I think him along with uh, Tyler Kolick of Marquette have a really, really legitimate argument to win Big East player of the year. And I think Creighton and Marquette, those might even be the two teams I feel the best about in the Big East, possibly making a deep run in the NCAA tournament when we get there. But when you look at uh, this Creighton team, they're finally starting to look like the team we expected in the preseason. And when I say finally, it does make sense. Like they hit that really tough stretch, losing six, seven games in a row following the Maui Invitational. They looked really good in Maui. They had an impressive win over Texas Tech. Obviously, that win now doesn't look as good as it once did, but they had a really impressive win over Tech. They had a really impressive win over Arkansas in the second round of that tournament. And even though they lost to Arizona in the championship game, I think Creighton performed and played really well uh, in Maui, but then they lose to Texas. They lose to Nebraska. They lose to BYU. They lose to Arizona State. They lose to Marquette. Uh, during Big East play, like they're losing all of these games, but that was now without Ryan Kalkbrunner and they have him back him and Sonogo. That's going to be a very interesting matchup. Kalkbrunner even made some comments uh, in the off season, not directly saying Sonogo wasn't worthy of uh, getting the recognition of preseason Big East player of the year, but that's kind of what he said. And it's funny now because Kalkbrunner, he does have a really legitimate case to take home that award. So really looking forward to UConn and Creighton. We also have Alabama and Auburn. And one other point I wanted to bring up, we've had, including myself, like a lot of conversations so far during this college basketball season of the sense of, okay, who is really the number one team in the country? Is there a great team in the country? And to me, there are two great teams in the country this season. It's Alabama and it's Purdue. And we spoke a little bit about Purdue. I understand why people have some hesitations picking them or banking on them to go far in the NCAA tournament due to the fact that Matt Painter has unfortunately a long track track record of just not really being able to break through. But at the end of the day, this Purdue team is elite. Zach Eady is the best player in the sport. I like their freshman guards a lot. They can make tough, tough shots in the clutch in the biggest moments. Everyone knows their role. And even though Matt Painter has had some trouble breaking through to the final four, there's no doubt about it. He is one of the better coaches in college basketball, and I'll have him as my coach any day of the week. And then when you look at Alabama, 
They have a big road game tomorrow at Auburn. And this game is so fascinating to me because speaking of elite coaches, you know, Bruce Pearl is someone that I would put right into that category because the fact that Auburn is even like, I know they're not great. They haven't been playing up to their standard, but the fact is they lost Jabari Smith, who is the number three overall pick in the NBA draft. He was an elite college player. They also lose Walker Kessler, who was also a really good elite college player, but even us that watched him every day, every game at Auburn last season, even I don't think we even realized just how good of a player he is. And he is coming to his full potential in the NBA with the Utah Jazz. He's been an absolute stud so far this season with the Jazz. And Auburn loses those two guys. And I know it's been a struggle. They're clearly not the same team that they were last year that climbed all the way to the number one ranked team in the country. But at the end of the day, Auburn is going to be an NCAA tournament team. They're still really good. And when you have to go to their gym, it's really tough to win. Auburn lost to Texas A&M a couple weeks ago, and that was their first SEC home loss in a minute. It was the longest uh, current going home winning streak in the SEC. So Bruce Pearl, he knows what he's doing at Auburn. That's not going to be an easy game for Alabama tomorrow. Unfortunately, those two games are at the same time, both at two o'clock, but that's going to be a very interesting game. Looking forward to that. Also have Duke at Virginia, not looking great for Duke. I mean, they got embarrassed on Monday night at Miami. That game was really over before it even started. And Duke has really struggled on the road during ACC play. I know that they're a very young team and that's not necessarily the most surprising thing in the world, but I don't think anyone expected it to get this bad this quickly on the road for John Shire and his squad. That's not going to be an easy one tomorrow. We also have Baylor at TCU. Baylor has been getting a lot of praise with the way they've played recently, Uh, had two big home victories over Oklahoma and Texas Tech over the course of the last week. Keontae, George, LJ Cryer, and Adam Flagler, not many guard trios better than that. Michigan, they'll have an opportunity at home against Indiana. The Hoosiers have been playing great basketball recently, but that is a winner-go-home game for Michigan. The Wolverines, kind of similar to Ohio State, right on the bubble, but they did beat Ohio State, which you know, it, it, uh, it, it doesn't exactly count as a quadrant one win since that game was in Ann Arbor, but tomorrow's game against Indiana definitely will. We have UCLA, Oregon as well. And just really looking forward to all of the focus just shifting on college basketball as we get closer and closer to the month of March. I can't wait. Want to thank our sponsor, Betfred Sports, for everything they do for this show. And when we look at college basketball, everything going on this season, it's going to be one of the better NCAA tournaments yet. Looking forward to it, and I'll see you guys soon. Everyone have a good one.